Welcome back to Leaders of Color. On today's episode, we are joined by Cecilia Crasto. Cecilia is the president and founder of Helping Hands, a small but mighty NGCO, non-government charity organization, which she started at the age of 17 after seeing the effects of homelessness around her workplace. She aims to pursue a career in criminal law and psychology, as well as music production and composition. Helping Hands is based in the GTA and aims to provide necessities for the homeless, such as food, water, and clothing, as well as a helping hand, such as a haircut. Helping Hands has members across the globe and one day aims to extend their offices to that extent as well. Welcome to the podcast, Cecilia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's honestly such an honor. Seriously, I was going through your website and I saw all these other speakers. I was like, oh my gosh, these guys are amazing. I'm happy to hear that. Um, How are you doing? We were chatting a little bit earlier, but (laughs) we're getting ready to go into your final year of high school. Are you excited? I'm very excited. (laughs) Nervous too. Yeah. Yeah. I know it'll be a little bit different with COVID and everything. I honestly have no idea what to expect. Mm -hmm. Do you have any any insight as to what is going to be happening for the school year? Honestly, no. We got sent an email, which was very vague, to be honest. The first day of school, the date isn't even confirmed yet. And it's going to be, I guess, sometime next week. So I really have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Oh, wow. For those of you listening, we're recording this. um, Today's August 31st. So we're just heading into September. So if they don't know what day school starts, September (laughs) is tomorrow. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But, But yeah, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about what Helping Hands is doing and what it is that you do. Yeah. So like you said, we are based in um, the GTA, Ontario, Canada. Um, We aim to provide necessities to those um, affected by homelessness. We have members across the globe. We're always accepting new volunteers. And we have basically two kind of programs you can join. We have our general volunteers and then we have our ambassador program. So our goals, like I said before, is we aim to provide necessities to those affected by homelessness, encourage youth to become involved in helping their community and to educate youth on relevant humanitarian issues. So our first program is at our home base in Richmond Hill, Ontario, where on Thursdays, general volunteers will help us assemble care packages, which consist of food, water, clothing, basic first aid supplies, etc. And they are distributed weekly. Our team aims to reach a different region of the GTA each month. And we also aspire to partner with local businesses to lend a helping hand or (laughs) steps forward, such as a haircut, hot meal, etc. Our goal is also to partner with nonprofits or charities that are local at the end of each month for group volunteering because we don't allow general volunteers to go out into the field and deliver the packages just for safety reasons. So this way they, they're able to connect to the community and get some experience. Yeah, not only do we have amazing volunteers in our region who will help with hands-on work, but we have ambassadors from countries all the way from India to Israel. So they complete monthly challenges, which aim to educate others on relevant issues, as well as get them involved in their own community. The work from our ambassadors is shared on our social media to our online audience and helps spread the word of important issues. 
We also encourage them to head their own um, Helping Hands branch in the form of a school club, which will partner or volunteer with verified nonprofits and charities in their area. So yeah, at the end of the day, our main goal is to help others and get youth interested in becoming involved in their community. And we also want to provide opportunities. There are many preconceived notions or stereotypes when it comes to those affected by homelessness or other humanitarian crises. And we want to counter this with educating youth on relevant situations. And not only that, but provide ways for them to become involved in their own community and really contribute. We basically also want to remind students of their potential and what they can do and that we can really make a difference. That's a lot to have accomplished, especially as somebody who's still in high school. Wow, I definitely did not do this sort of thing when I was in high school. How did you manage to get a global reach already? So basically, we started back in February, and it was just me. And yeah, I was just trying to get general volunteers at first. I didn't even think about having an ambassador program. But Uh, Eventually, I finally got a second person, which was a very close friend of mine, and then we got another exec, but my friend had to leave. And after just a couple months of work, we started getting applications for our general volunteer position from people who didn't live in Canada. So the the ambassador position was just born out of that. We really wanted to create a way for students to get involved in helping their community and with our organization, even though they're, they're not physically in our area. Wow, that's amazing. Were there any difficulties that you had in trying to get folks from other countries to get involved versus having folks in your local area involved? Um, I think we had more challenges with getting people in our area. Um, my dad always says that humanitarian work isn't the most glamorous. So we have a pretty small team here and we actually have a larger international team. I think the biggest difficulty with our international team is with time differences, working out all that. We have some 12 hour time differences. So finding a time that worked for everyone was really hard. Yeah, and we considered doing a couple different meetings a week or two meetings, but the time differences were just all over the place. So yeah, that's definitely a challenge that folks face when doing sort of international work as well as in a place as big as Canada. Exactly. (laughs) And so 12 hours, thank God we don't have to deal with. Right. (laughs) How has it been working with folks from different countries sort of on the same, same mission? It's honestly been amazing. Like I said before, it was just me and I thought this was going to go nowhere. And then we had people from other countries applying and I was just shocked. I was like, wow, people actually want to be a part of this. And they've been amazing, honestly. We started out right at the end of February, February 28th, I guess is our official date. And then boom, March comes, (laughs) quarantine, you know, we stopped all volunteering things before they even started. So everything was switched on to online and our ambassador position wasn't even born yet. So they stuck with me as I kind of figured everything out and finalized the details. And they were very patient and they've been great with attending meetings and getting to know each other, even though they're from completely different walks of life or just around the globe. Yeah, it's been really great. So starting something so close to when COVID kind of took off, at least in this part of the world. How did that affect the changes that you had to make to the work that you're doing? 
Yeah, so um, helping hands, it's our main thing at our home base or for general volunteers is our care packages to distribute. And like, like you said, yeah, we started right as COVID did. So we had to actually cancel a lot of orders for products because we just we didn't have room for them because we're expecting for them to go out and I didn't want my staff to go out because yeah I didn't want to put them in danger so if anyone was going out it was going to be just me and we just didn't have room for everything and a lot of orders were canceled because companies were cutting back on their shipping policies so yeah everything kind of switched to online with our general volunteers, it was kind of a struggle to find out how do we keep them engaged when their main thing on our team is to do hands-on work. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we're still figuring that out. It's been ups and downs in that region. But yeah, luckily with ambassadors, it's all online anyway. But it's been a little bit disheartening at first. I know a lot of things we had to cancel some events or conferences that we want to kind of get our name out there and meet new people or different volunteer trips. They had to be postponed and then eventually canceled. So yeah, honestly, it was really disheartening at first, but um, looking up. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's sort of interesting to listen to the way people have been working through this pandemic and some people are just like, oh, we adapted and changed and everything is great now. And so I think it's both refreshing and also the reality to hear that it has taken some time and that people still don't know necessarily what to do when it comes to adapting to this new new way of, of living for the meantime. Yeah, um, for sure. So I think that's really important. What motivated you from the beginning to start doing this work? So I volunteered with a couple different organizations, different soup kitchens, food banks, or food drives before. And I've always struggled with the feeling that I was, wasn't doing enough. You know, I'd go home and I just feel almost dissatisfied or disappointed. I just, yeah, I never felt like I was doing enough. Through my workplace, I've been fortunate enough to meet several wonderful people who struggle with homelessness. And again, I would try to help out in small ways, but it just never felt like enough. I personally don't come from the best or well-off family, so I do know the struggles of poverty, and I've gotten close to homelessness at least once. But however, I'm in a better situation financially than some, and that's really all that matters, or that's all that I needed was some extra bucks to kind of put forward and to invest in this idea, if that makes sense. Yeah, my parents immigrated from a third world country where, you know, the poverty rates are very high. My father, especially, even though of his background, he's always been very vocal and active in fighting for justice and change. He's always advocated for the rights of those less fortunate. So he's also been such a huge motivator and inspiration. Wow, that's incredible to have that sort of outlook I think at your age, especially, I feel so old. Oh, really? This is all a youth program, but I am like, I'm old. I'm getting out there. (laughs) Trust Um, me. I I feel the same way when I see some, you know, TED Talks. Um, I'm part of the TED Club at our school and Mm -hmm. I watch these amazing kids. I'm like, they're such innovators. They're just Mm -hmm. such an inspiration. And they're like eight years old, you know? Amazing. (laughs) They're so amazing. It's insane. <laughs> but that that I think is so that's something that's so special and also something I definitely identify with this 
idea of using both your own struggles and, and personal life to kind of fuel the work that you're doing. Mm. Uh, and it makes it it makes it that much more personal, obviously, but it also I think is a motivating factor in the work that you're doing because you understand the lived experience, you understand the reality, which I think people don't often value, right? Like there's these conversations going around now about valuing the lived experience of people, especially of racialized people. And so to to put that in practice, I think is great that you're doing. So we talked a little bit about the challenges that the pandemic has brought about for you, but have there been other challenges in being a young person doing this sort of work in your field? Yeah, one factor is unpredictability, especially in the humanitarian field. There are some things that can just happen, but you have to learn to recognize signs that could lead up to a conflict and then take precautions to avoid such instance. Of course, we are very new, so we've been very blessed in that sense not to encounter such obstacles. But we do have strict regulations or some rules when it comes to our ambassadors and our general volunteers. Some examples are we don't allow general volunteers to go out in the field and deliver packages. It's handled purely by our executive team. Just some rules. We stress communication. You know, always be in contact, never travel alone, always walk away from a situation that can escalate. We have stricter regulations when it comes to our ambassadors because they are overseas. So they need a minimum of three supervisors who all have to submit a vulnerable sector screening form or the equivalent. They also have to submit references of their resume. They need at least one teacher supervisor, then two trip supervisors. Um, if they are working out of a branch in their high school. And they have to submit um, a form basically for the organizations they want to partner with because we have to kind of check them out, make sure they're legitimate and safe, things like that. Another challenge we've encountered is doubt. We've had a couple of people kind of laugh at us. They believe that we are naive. And honestly, there is truth to that. As previously mentioned, we are very new. We're a very new NGCO and we're still finalizing the ropes of everything. But we know we're not going to solve homelessness overnight. We're not going to be able to feed every person. But we know it matters what we can do given the opportunity so how many people we were able to help versus not thinking about it of how many people we weren't able to help. Sorry if that didn't make sense. <laughs> and thankfully, um, though we are predominantly made of women of color, we haven't come across any issues that have been amplified by our skin tone. But I have faced clear racial bias outside of helping hands. It sucks to say, but when you are a young person of color, you can automatically be doubted or ridiculed. I personally know people can assume that you're either an entitled Gen Z prone to victim culture or that you're unqualified. And then when we do succeed, sometimes we're seen it's due to genetics rather than hard work, you know, stereotypes like, oh, of course she's good at math, she's Asian. Or people say someone had to fulfill a quota, that's why you're hired. I have a couple of tips, I guess. The first one is to welcome doubt to an extent. When it comes to people doubting your organization, I personally don't have a problem with it because for helping hands, we are new. We have something to prove. And it's natural and healthy to doubt things to an extent. We need to question and challenge things in order to grow. And we need to prove ourselves and our cause. So the best thing to do is to work harder not only to prove them wrong, but to prove that our work has merit and potential. 
Another tip would be to always question yourself, not in a badgering way, but to critically kind of assess your work and keep yourself in check. Ask yourself, like, what's the purpose of this? What's my goal? Yeah, it keeps you practical and also in check. Personally, I know I'm very excited about new opportunities and I can just blindly rush into them. So you have to kind of take a step back, reassess yourself, have faith in your team and trust their input. Yeah, number three is remember your goals. So figure out what you want to be doing in one year's time or what your organization wants to be doing. Then five, then 10. Then don't use that as instructions, just use it as suggestions. And then number four, it's literally just a quote by Robert South. It's just something I try to remember every day, just to humble myself and motivate myself. If there be any truer measure of a man than what he does, it must be by what he gives. And yeah, it's just something that really motivates me and just humbles me and my team, just reminds me that it's not about my image or my team's image. It's about the people and what we're doing to help. So um, when it comes to challenges, one of the most important things to do is establish who your supporters are, whether that's in your community, in your personal life. So for me personally, I'm a woman of faith, so God will be my number one supporter. And in my heart, I know he's happy when we work hard to better his world. I also have you know, support in our community from our general volunteers. So you have people who share the same mandate and then you work together and you create change. And then of course I have one particular family who has stood by me like my whole life and Helping Hands would never have existed without them. They are one of the best examples of God's pure love. And they are just an example of an amazing support that you could have. So you should I guess establish who your supports are and create a way to rely on them but not completely rely on them so kind of lean on them at times thank you for sharing that I think that so many other people will definitely be relating to the challenges that you face especially those you're right like racialized youth in particular face challenges that others don't and it's the sad reality and yet we have to keep pushing and keep doing mm-hmm. um, all that activism and advocacy work that we're doing as well as whatever day jobs we have and whatever our our school life brings to us. And so I think that is incredibly important. And I think those tips would be very welcomed by folks (laughs) who are struggling in those areas. So thank you so much for sharing that. No problem. I hope they help. (laughs) In spite of all of the challenges, like you said, this quote is something, for example, is one that is keeping you motivated. But What have been some of the most fulfilling parts of the work that you're doing that keep you wanting to pursue it? Is it that, like, what is the fulfillment that you get from it? Um, This is going to sound kind of cheesy, but it's really seeing the small things, like just someone smile or having a good conversation. All my jobs I've worked, they've always been customer service. So I'm very used to kind of putting on a facade of, you know, the happy-go-lucky customer service worker. But when you have regular customers, you build relationships with them and just, you know, a nice, how's your day and a quick conversation is just so touching. And yeah, just that little bit of human connection, just seeing someone smile is really the best thing. There is this particular moment that always motivates me. This really isn't a success on my part. It's the person who has just been such an inspiration to me. His name is David Thompson. He is an amazing artist who was homeless, 
but despite that, he just continuously helps others. He's in Richmond Hill, yet he bikes all the way to British Columbia to bring awareness to addiction. And along the way, he teaches free art classes to people struggling with addiction or homelessness, no matter um, their situation. So he comes into my workplace, gets work done, um, and then sometimes he's sick because, of course, it's Canada, negative 40. So small things like giving some tea with honey, food, whatever I could. This was way before Helping Hands was founded, but seeing him recover was amazing. And honestly, he's one of the strongest people I know. He's such an inspiration, and he just devotes his life and his work to helping others. All of his paintings are given for donation to art galleries when they're worth thousands of dollars. Yeah, he's just a constant motivation, of course, with my other supports. <laughs> That's wonderful. And I think it's great that you can learn so much from the stories of other people and the experiences of other people as well, especially when you're trying to do work that is impactful in a community that you don't necessarily belong to at the moment sort of thing exactly. um, so to have the lived experience uh, of someone who has experienced homelessness and is raising awareness and, and doing work uh, similar to yours but from that lived experience perspective I think is great mm-hmm. so what are some of the opportunities that you have available for young people to get involved with your work both in terms of the ambassador program for the few people that we have that listen from outside of Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also for folks who are here and as you develop this more digital approach to the work that you're doing. Yeah. So we do, we have two main positions. We have ambassador and our general volunteer. So if you live in the GTA, more specifically the York region area, we have our general volunteer position. We meet every Thursday. Um, Currently we're doing it over Zoom just to go over things. But once Toronto reaches its final stage of reopening, we will hopefully restart. Yeah, we meet every Thursday, um, put together packages these care packages with the items Um, you would help set up for events do other smaller tasks and attend meetings and then of course our monthly end of the month group volunteering session so that's a really good opportunity if you want to get some experience in the humanitarian field if you want volunteer hours if you want to build some connections or if you just want to give back to the community The second one we have is ambassador. So that's if you live outside of the GTA, anywhere in Canada, or even outside of Canada. So ambassadors will complete monthly challenges, which are related to Helping Hands mission and relevant humanitarian issues around the world. And their work is shared to our social media in an effort to reach and educate our online audience. Both positions are open all year round and you can join anytime. So where can people find out more about the work that Helping Hands is doing? Yep. So if you want more information, we have a Facebook, Instagram, and email. So our Facebook is Toronto.HelpingHands. Our Instagram is HelpingHands number 6IX. And our email is HelpingHands number 6IX at gmail.com. So feel free to DM us or email us about any questions you have or any potential partnership opportunities. You can find links to our applications on our social media pages, or you can shoot us an email and we'll send them to you. They're open all year long, meaning you can join at any time. If you're interested in donating to our cause, you can send us an email 
All funds go directly to care packages as well as transportation fees for our overseas teams. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Cecilia. Before I let you go, I want to invite you to take part in our closing segment, which is always <laughs> my favorite part of the show, other than hearing about the amazing work young people are doing. But as young leaders of color, we are constantly actually trying to reduce the harm that racism has both on ourselves and within our communities, while we do advocacy work to end it. Imagine if we could do so instantly, though. What is your best, your funniest, your most creative way that you would end racism? No rules, no restrictions. Okay. I've thought long and hard about this. I've come up with a solution. It is unavoidable. No one can escape it. And it is. Drum roll, please. Pollen. Pollen? Pollen is through the air. It is responsible for providing us food. It is responsible for allergies. It's amazing. Basically, as soon as we come into contact with it or a product of pollination, boom, we are just filled with perspective and understanding of others and just love (laughs) and just any racial bias or harmful stereotypes or preconceived notions is just boom disappeared we are racism free <laughs> that is amazing we're gonna have oh i guess we have to save the bees first yes <laughs> of course um, and, and then we're gonna end racism that sounds amazing. exactly two birds one stone <laughs> There you go. Exactly. I love that idea. I'm on board. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. This has been wonderful chatting with you. And I'm so excited to see what else comes of Helping Hands as we continue to pivot in this pandemic time. And best of luck with school and your final year of high school. I know. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's honestly such an honor to work with you guys. And I just really admire the work that your organization does. And you bring light to all these organizations led by people of color. It's really admirable. And just, yeah, thank you so much for this amazing opportunity. 